It's time for Black and White, a show that wants to bring all of us together talking again. It's time to hear from people who only want to deal with facts. It's time for you to re-engage in America. It's time for... Welcome back. And joining us this morning is somebody that uh, I had heard about and uh, got a, a pitch from his publicist. And uh, he's got a book. It's uh, Derek um, Kenny is the author of Good Money Revolution, How to Make More Money to Do More Good. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you, Dan. It's a real pleasure to be with you and your audience today. I sure appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. So I'm fascinated with more of what the title says. Uh, um, what made you decide you wanted to write this book? You know, I wrote Good Money Revolution because of a need I saw in culture today. I see so many people that work hard, hardworking Americans across all demographics, and many of them feel like they're not getting paid what they're worth. They're not getting paid what they feel like they deserve. And so I, I wanted to write a book that would empower whether a person is an assistant, a mid-level manager, or they own a business that feels like where they're at right now is the highest economically they can go. Because one thing we know is that we can't wait for the crumbs the government's going to toss off the table to us. We need to be empowered and we need to be have sustainable income. And another thing that I hear about in culture, and one of the reasons I wrote the book was, many people villainize the wealthy. If you're rich, they say you're bad. And if you have a lot of money or you have more than most other people, let's say you, you run a very successful business, Amazon or Tesla or all these other companies, well, by golly, you are the villain in the story and you need to redistribute all your money to everybody else. And I really come against that and say, first of all, not everybody with money is bad. And I believe that good people should have more money because money is perhaps the greatest lever of positive change we could have. So the book, Good Money Revolution, is about, is about empowering everyday people who want to make more money, but also want to do more good in the world at the same time. Let me, let me throw a couple of quick questions at you. Uh, uh, Joe Biden says that uh, the, the wealthy are not paying enough and that that's how he's going to pay, wants to pay for all of the program he wants to do is to tax the, quote, rich even more. And, and then on the flip side of that, um, I saw a report from Pew last week, Pew Research, that said 40% of American households have $400 or less in cash. Yeah. 400 or less in cash. So the wealthy aren't paying enough, according to the president, and we got to keep taxing them more and more. And yet 40% of the people are literally living paycheck to paycheck with very little saving whatsoever. <clears throat> and so where, where, is, where is this going? If we're going into recession, is it going to get worse? Well, it, it very well could. And let me touch on each of those issues. You know, I had a woman come into my office a couple years ago and she was feeling frustrated, overlooked, overworked, and she wanted to make more money. And what we came up with was a plan. She was working as a secretary for a manager in a company, but she wanted to get paid more. And I tell this story because I think so many people can relate to it. What we came up with was, first of all, not having her bang on the boss's door and demand a raise and say, look, I want to make more money, so you should pay me more, I'm going to leave. Instead, I had her put together three questions. 
How could she increase sales where she was at? How could she reduce expenses? And how could she help grow the business? And we came up with some practical strategies to do that. So she meets with her boss. They agree over the next three months that they can put into practice her suggestions. She'll get a pretty sizable raise and a bonus as well because the boss's radio station that he loves the most, he or she is always, WIIFM, what's in it for me? And that's what I think right now people need to realize. Look, the government wants so many wealthy people to be stripped down of their greatest capability. And that is growing a company, providing jobs, creating revenue to build a tax base. And what the current leadership is lacking right now is a plan to actually grow the economy. It's all about redistribution right now. You know, right now as we're talking, there's talk about the government suspending the federal gas tax of 18 cents a gallon. And here's such a practical example for your listeners. First of all, I did a video about this on my Instagram yesterday, and I looked at three cars, the Toyota Highlander, the Honda Accord, and the GMC Yukon XL. And over 12 weeks, if you filled up twice, it would save you, based on the car you drive, between $68 to about $170 over three months. And so that's the type of policy that people are wasting the president's time with. Congress's time to say, we want to save Americans between $70 and $160 over three months. Those are such short-sighted policies. And what I want to do in the purpose of my book is, how can you, where you're at right now, begin to make more money? And the key is by adding more value to where you're at. And by the way, what can motivate you to keep doing that is to find a cause you're passionate about and that can bring in more business because we know now many consumers will actually pay more for a product or service if it's connected to a cause that makes their life and other people's lives better. I, I absolutely agree with you. You know, I, I, I saw recently where in the last downturn in the market over the last week or so, we have wiped out all of the gains so that the major indexes are below where they were when Joe Biden took office. And I saw uh, a note this morning from Bloomberg that they estimate that the, the 401k and IRAs and retirement accounts are off $3 trillion, $3 trillion. So when you look, as, as I have for years, I worked with people in managing money, and and when I when I would get a client, I said, "What are your goals? To make as much money as I can. Right. Who doesn't? But how That's are we right. going to do it?" And so I I think it's important that people set goals for their money, meaning target returns, yields, and diversification. Um, uh, I recently was in uh, at a meeting up in uh, Tampa, north of here, <clears throat> and um, uh, the people in the room knew that I was a, an investment advisor, and they said, "Well, what what do you um, what do you what, where are you putting money to work today?" And I said, uh, "I'm looking at it two ways," and I said, "I'm gonna." I went to my cell phone and I pulled up a chart of a of a, uh, an investment and I put my thumb over the name of the investment, they couldn't see it. And, and it 
They said, my God, what is that? I said, well, that's the yield on a year-to-date basis on a 90-day treasury bill. At the beginning of the year, the yield on the 90-day treasury bill was four-tenths of 1% yield. Mm. It's now 1.6. So the multiplier effect of just rolling your money in 90-day bills, I, I use a ladder strategy, a third in 30, a third in 60, and a third in 90, and just roll them over. Because if you, if you understand that the Fed's already told us we're going to keep raising rates, Powell told us this yesterday, we're going to keep raising rates until we see signs that inflation is abating. Well, inflation as measured by the yield on the 90-day bill, the 90-day bill is supposed to return a zero return because the yield should be equal to the inflation rate. Well, we're at 8.5% and we're at 1.6. So there's a lot of upside potential. The other thing is, uh, is to look for stocks that have a history of paying dividends and paying increasing dividends over the last few years because cash flow will be very important. Cash flow will actually be more important than growth. Yeah. So um, I, like you, I'm trying to help my clients with strategies, but people want people say they want more but they don't really know what that means and they don't know really if they've if they've done a good job they don't know how much a good a job they've done because they haven't checked themselves against benchmarks and um and i think it's important to to help people understand what they're doing and should be doing with their money dan i like what you said there about setting goals target-based goals and one thing that you know, as a former financial advisor myself for 25 years, I sold my practice about two years ago to really bring this good money message to the masses all around the country mm -hmm. was money was made to feel so overcomplicated for most people. As I would meet with people in my office, these are smart, hardworking people, made good decisions, you know, bought a house, bought a car, or saving for their 401ks, making good decisions but they were taught to believe by the current administration and, and even past ones that, you know, you have no hope of being financially independent, except if you're dependent on the government. Right. And that's a mentality. I just call it flat out a bad money belief. And right now, if people weren't born with them, many people are beginning to receive them that, well, I guess this is just the new normal that when things get crunchy, the government comes to our aid and gives us these stimulus dollars. And they are the providers of things. The problem with that, and I just want people to hear this loud and clear, it's not sustainable. Listen, as opposed to you cheering on the government, throwing stones at the wealthy saying, you need to share your money, I want to give you the tool so that you can be wealthy, so that you can be in control of your money, so that you can chart the plan for your financial future, so that you're in control of what it is you want. That way, if the government raises taxes, it's of minimal impact to you as opposed to, oh my gosh, this could dramatically impact my life and my ability to put food on the table. Yeah, it's, it, I agree with you. Uh, it's, it's, um, 
it's been a, a passion of mine. I, I've been angry at, at my own industry in, in their desire to want to make, as you said, things so complicated that people don't know what to do. And, and, uh, and so what happens when they don't know what to do, they wind up taking more risks than they should. Yes. They buy a flyer that their brother-in-law says, I, I bought this and I made a thousand percent and they buy it at the wrong time and it goes south. And, and so, um, so how can this book, we've got about a little over a minute in this segment and then we'll come back and finish it, but let's tell us a little bit more in detail about the book and then we'll catch it on the other side. One of the things I would want people to take away is what is an easy way to set financial goals? No longer do we set nine or 10 or 11 or 12 goals like New Year's resolutions. You set them January 1st and two weeks in January, you're overwhelmed and you've accomplished nothing. I want you to pick out the top three financial goals and put it on a sticky note and on a note card and it's on your bathroom mirror, it's on your nightstand. That way you see it every single day so you know what to focus on. And we know what people focus on is where results happen. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, we are, we have been talking to uh, Derek Kenny about his new book, Good Money, um, How to Do More Good with, uh, in the Revolution. Uh, how can they get your book? Yeah, so it's available everywhere great books are sold. Uh, but Dan, we're giving away the first five chapters of the book for free. We want to get this message into as many people's hands as possible. You can go to goodmoneychapters.com. That's goodmoneychapters.com. Download the first five if you like it. Buy the book. Uh, but we just want people to have this message because I feel like, especially right now, there could not be a better money-making message than what's in this book for many people. Super. Thank you. We'll be right back. Moms Across America and the Ashbrook Center wants you and your family and friends to participate in their program called Food for Body and Soul, an educational program designed to provide information and education on the founding documents of our country. If you go to GetMyConstitution.com, you'll get a free copy of the book of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and many other important documents that were used in the founding of our country. Spend time with your children, reading the booklet and talking to them about what you believe to help build their foundation. So go to GetMyConstitution.com and get your free book. Welcome back. We're speaking with uh, Derek Kenny, uh, who's the author of a book, Good Money Revolution. Um, I wanted to spend a little time in this next segment talking about some of the detail in the book, some suggestions. Now, you mentioned at the, uh, at the end of the last segment that they can get the first five chapters for free. Uh, give that address where they can get those first five chapters. You bet. You can go to goodmoneychapters.com. That's goodmoneychapters.com. And it's a free download. We want to get this message into as many people's hands as possible because I, I feel like humbly, there's not been another money book written like this that's so practical, especially for times right now, to empower people to make more money and to do more good in the world at the same time. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the book itself. <clears throat> Tell us about some of the ideas that you've had that will help people achieve that goal. 
One of the concepts I talk about in the book are the four lanes of the investing highway. And I came up with four lanes because if you're like me and you're commuting uh, to your job, there's typically three or four, sometimes five lanes on the highway, but that far right-hand lane is typically the slow lane. And I call that where you put your check-in savings. It's not gonna earn very much, but it's gonna be readily accessible and liquid. There's no worry about losing it if the market were to tank. The next lane over, I call that the three to five year lane. So let's say that you wanna pay off a credit card. You wanna save $10,000 for a hometown payment. You wanna go on a vacation of a lifetime. Here's the lane you wanna save. That may be earning maybe two, maybe 4%. The third lane is what I call the long-term savings lane. So we talk about here retirement savings and whether that be your 401k, 403b, IRA, it could be an annuity, it could be real estate, you know, whatever that is for you, that diversified portfolio that you're adding to on a regular basis, it's gonna fluctuate, but it typically won't go down to zero even if the market drops. And then that far left-hand lane, I call that the play account. You know, you gave an example earlier, uh, Dan, about let's say your brother-in-law gives you a stock tip or you hear about uh, an investment at the water cooler at the office. And as we know, typically that hot stock tip, by the time it gets to you and me, it has cooled off dramatically. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, so the play account is where people come to me and say, Derek, I've heard about this Bitcoin or I've heard about this speculative stock or this or that. And what I tell people to do is look, take you know $1,000, take a little bit of your account and put it into some of these things. That way you can see how volatile they can be. And you've got some good stories to tell at a cocktail party. Even if the market drops, at least you haven't lost everything putting the money there. But the bottom line is having money in all four lanes, and then in this case, working closely with your financial advisor to guide you is really the key because people can understand, hey, sometimes some lanes go faster, some lanes go slower but it's a diversified approach for people with their money right now. Eric, um, I, I, I look at what happened over the last three to four years and, and actually longer than that. Um, my age group, I'm 76, will be 77 next month. Uh, <clears throat> in our early retirement years, when we were 10 years ago, we could earn a decent rate of return on a CD or a decent rate of return on a money market fund. And those virtually went to zero. They're not much above zero today. Right. And potentially they may go up. But I think what happened is that people who needed income switched their emphasis from, from income to equity because income CDs and money markets weren't paying anything at all. And so they wound up taking more risk with their money. And when we saw recently that the entire gain during the Biden administration and the major indexes is gone, it's actually negative return, people have lost $3 trillion. And so I think that people were forced to take more risks than they should have because that far right-hand lane you talked about was going to produce was producing zero return yeah. and even at two and a half percent inflation you were still losing money at eight and a half percent you're losing even more money so how do, how do we begin to help people understand the risks they took and understand what risks they're going to have to take today to try and make their money grow 
Well, there's a couple things. First of all, there was a couple I was counseling with uh, recently, and they were lamenting what you were talking about. You know, Derek, we've lost so much. And jokingly, he called his 401k now a 301k because of how much they've lost in it. And they began to feel a little bit hopeless that here they're 55 years old, they want to retire at 60. And now they feel like they've lost about 10 years worth of their hard-earned savings. And what we talked about was you either throw in the towel and just say, well, we're just going to have to work the rest of our lives. Or do you begin to think of yourself like the CEO of your money? And here's what I told them. I said, look, what you're feeling right now is very normal given the severity of how much the market has dropped. And so you've got a couple choices here. One, we can just let it go on cruise control and just say whatever happens, happens. Or we can dig deeper, much like you're the owners of your business. Let's say their last name was the Smith, you know, Smiths. I called it the Smith Corporation. And let's assess the situation here and find out what are some ways that we can make back that time. And so we assess their portfolio. And this was a brand new client coming in. So we realized there were some things in their account that were very, very aggressive made some changes there to more of the dividend blue chip type approach, which was really helpful for them. But also we began to realize that wasn't going to be enough to make up the ground. And they'd always talked about having a side business. And I asked him this question, which I think your listeners can benefit from. And that is, what problem do you find yourself solving for people on a regular basis? Whether it be at your job, at home with your family, out with friends, let's say that you are the person who likes to plan people's vacations for them, or they always call you to proofread a document because you're good with grammar, or they ask you to design the website, or they ask you to help organize an event. You have always thought up till now, oh, well, that's just easy. Anybody can do that. The reality is they're calling you for that help, and this is the time that you could consider charging for that, launching an easy side business that might bring in a couple hundred dollars a month. For them, what they did is they both identified things that they were good at, and they launched some side hustles they could work on together. So the goal was, look, you've lost a lot of money right now. You can either cry about it, which I empathize with people who have that emotion right now, or you can say, look, I'm going to take back control and focus on my money like I'm the CEO. I'm going to work with my advisor like they're the CFO, and we're going to walk alongside this path together because ultimately the monkey is on your back. You can't count on the government to bail out your retirement. And even if they did, it would be a plan that would probably fail within a couple of weeks. Yeah. The, uh, the, the thing that uh, I like about what you're saying is that as many times um, I, when I bring in a new client, uh, I am amazed at the number of places that a person will have money. Yeah. Brokerage accounts, bank accounts. I mean, I think the record I had was 27 at one time. 27, wow. 27, 27 accounts. And I said to the man, how do you follow it? He says, I just throw it in the drawer. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting way to manage your money, throw it in the drawer. Um, and so when you when you gather all the data and you put it on a spreadsheet, equity, cash, and debt, and they see how much exposure they have to equity and how little exposure they have to debt or cash, uh, they get a, begin to understand the, the risks that they're taking with their money. Um, 
I, I really believe that an awful lot of people do not understand the risks that they're taking and, and that risk is not a bad thing if you understand the risk and the potential reward. And I think that one of the things that is important is uh, I always tell my clients, everything in the portfolio is for sale every day. I don't get married to anything. Yes. And I look at, I look at the financial statements. I look at what's happening. If the stock goes down, but the fundamentals are still good. If, it, if it's a pharmaceutical company and they've got a lot of drug applications pending, uh, sometimes I will use a, a significant washout with the market to add to a position. So I think you need to go back and start taking a look. How concentrated are you? Meaning, do you have 29 accounts and you need to get down to like three or four? And, um, and in so doing, begin to assess your risk. I love the idea of the side businesses. Um, uh, I, I have three side businesses that I've had for a number of years, but, it, but it's important. Do you discuss that in the book? I do. I do. And that's something that I think is very practical right now. And what I do is I talk about it based on your current occupation right now. So let me give you a couple examples. You know, Dan, one thing I'll often get asked is by teachers and educators who work all day, they work at night grading papers, often not getting paid to do it. And they say, well, Derek, what can I do? Like they can't actually go to their boss and say, here's how I can add more value to get a raise. So there's people listening that may be pilots or cops or firefighters or teachers. They're sort of in this union based pay range that even if they're the teacher that you're parents want your kid to have their teacher of the year, they're not going to make any more money based on what they do. It's all based on tenure. So right. those people have a choice to make. They could either say, look, I'm going to stay in this career or they could choose to leave the career and probably go make money elsewhere. Most of them love what they do. And so what I tell them is, what can you do in your field to add more value to your colleagues? For example, do teachers regularly tell you, boy, you're so good with classroom management. Well, that could be your tool to write a video series or to do some coaching on the side for teachers all over the country who want to be better classroom managers. Hmm. Or let's say that you are a pilot and you come up with a, with a safety consulting program. Think about, you know, Captain Sully back in the day. You know, there, there's always something you can do. And what I want to empower people to do is look, if you're going to complain about wanting to make more money, I'm empowering you to do that, but you're going to have to take some action to do it. Now, other fields, for example, let's say that I mentioned earlier, uh, there was a woman named Debbie that I talk about in the book, and she was an administrative assistant and feeling frustrated about wanting to make more money. And I said, here's what I want you to do in your current job. What are things you do that increase sales or could influence reducing cost? Well, she was a woman who handled all the purchasing for the company. And I said, what if you did this? What if you told your boss, every dollar I save you over the next several months, I want you to pay me a dime from the savings. And again, thinking back to the favorite radio station your boss has is WIIFM, what's in it for me? And I said, talk to your boss about, you're going to save 90 cents, you're gonna pay me 10. That's a winning argument. Her boss loved it, gave her a raise for thinking like an entrepreneur, and she was able to boost her income by being motivated to make more savings. And then she had this other idea 
this particular small company only had two salespeople. She said to her boss, what if you gave all of the employees, all 20 of them, a bonus based on bringing in new business, introducing them to the sales department, and if it brought in sales, you gave a bonus to whatever employee brought in that business. So suddenly now the employer had a motivated person finding ways to save money on supplies and an entire company motivated to bring in new business. You see also, this isn't just for employees, this is for the smart business owner who wants to empower their team and say, look, I want all of you to have a piece of the action. Here's how it's going to work. Well, suddenly now you have taken people from employees ready to leave at five to people who are thinking like an entrepreneur dying to get to your business at nine o'clock in the morning to make things happen, make more money for you and make more money for themselves. Derek, unfortunately, we're, we just blew through that, that episode. Um, Derek is the uh, author of Good Money Revolution. Uh, Derek, Kenny, where can we get the book again? Yeah, uh, we're giving away the first five chapters of my new book, Good Money Revolution, for free. Simply go to goodmoneychapters.com. That's goodmoneychapters.com. And you can buy the full book wherever your favorite books are sold. Thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Thank you.